Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gordon Hayward is in the building for now. Today is Sunday, July 2nd, 2017. This is Celtics Pete on the CLNS Media Network, and I am Larry H. Russell. are going to get an answer for the second consecutive year in a row from the Celtics' primary free agent pursuit. And as everybody knows, this year it is Gordon Hayward. So, Mr. Valenti, what is that answer going to be? Uh, it's tough, right? Because of all three teams offer something, I think, a little unique. Obviously, Utah being a team he came from, has grown up with, has a family with, you know, in the area, um, has grown to respect you know, some of the front office, from side of the head coach. Uh, it's been it, that's a team that uh, can offer them a little bit more money, uh, but if you look at the financials, it really isn't that much. If when you when you break it down um, to those small three-year deals, um, but you know Utah is something he's known for his entire life. Boston brings the uh, the added bonus of having his collegiate coach already there. They bring uh, a 53-win team that was number one seed in the East last season. They are a team that is not in a conference with any of the players that were currently traded the Oklahoma City Thunder. Or uh, the Golden State Warriors, um, or Chris Paul's uh, trade to the the uh, Houston Rockets. Again, the the path to the NBA Finals is a little bit easier, um, and the, the the load that he would need to uh, to bring every game is a little bit less. And that's where Miami kind of fits in. Miami gives him more of a, of a featured role in their offense. Uh, a, a great coach in Eric Spolstra, a little bit more money uh, because there aren't any state taxes in Florida. Um, state income Pat tax. Riley. There's plenty of taxes in Florida. Well, it's just the income tax. tax. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, um, Pat Riley, the, the 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 legacy of playing for him. I mean, there's obvious attractions of all three destinations. Boston fans are hoping out that uh, that Brad Stevens connection. The fact that Brad Stevens saw something in Gordon Hayward when he was in high school uh, before he had the growth spurt, before he uh, became a, a much bigger prospect, before Purdue came calling. They're hoping that that connection. Uh, it's going to be something that separates them from the rest of the pack for the, to the point where, where Gordon Hayward chooses them over the rest of the field. This is episode number 216 of Celtic Speed, recorded on this very, very, very early Sunday morning, July 2nd. It is July 2nd. And it's with CLNS Media's own Evan Valenti, host of Celtics Roundtable. Evan, I asked for a one-word answer there, man. I didn't ask for that political response. Well, where, there's, no, where, there's, no, there's no way. You can't, you can't give a one-word answer. Yes, uh, you can. Uh, I asked for a prediction of where he is going to sign on July fourth. You're on the spot, bud. Uh, I'll take I'll take Utah, but Miami makes me feel a little nervous because I just I can't I can't 
I have to give props to Riley. He may, he gets it done. He does get it done in free agency. It's with Miami. It is gone now. We'll kind of laugh at these names. We'll say, "Oh, they aren't big names," but you know what? I think five, six, seven years from now, not maybe maybe about a decade from now, we could very well look back on Gordon Hayward, and especially now too after Boston's pursuit of um, at Kevin Durant last year. I even like to think that the the stigma from Al Horford of oh, well, you know, this is it. This is a huge signing. We'll feel some. We could very well be feeling somewhat the same way about Gordon Hayward, as after all, he is not a super duper star. He is not a franchise changer, although he makes well. All right, that's not right. He's certainly going to make said franchise, whatever one he signs, a much better team next year. But in regards to going back to that quick little point we made about Pat Riley and the Heat, and I want to make it quick because I really don't care about Pat Riley and the Heat. He does get it done <laughs> in free agency. I mean, every single time it seems like Miami's pursuing players in free agency, and not just LeBron and Chris Bosh in 2010, but they hit it with Lamar Odom, I think it was a 2003, the all the way back to uh, Eddie Jones and Brian Grant. They are, they've been the premier destination in free agency. I don't know what it is with Pat Riley's uh, ability to recruit players. I think it is a lot more than just this whole Miami thing because Miami isn't the only, uh, you know, quote-unquote great place to play in. I wouldn't even think – I don't even think it is my own personal opinion. I'm not really big on Miami as is anyways. So I actually want to go now shift this back to the Celtics, as after all, I did say that this was episode 216 of Celtics Speed being today presented by HelloFresh and ZipRecruiter. I still think it's 50-50 Hayward's a member of the Celtics. I really do on July 4th. I think it is 50-50. I'm coming off a little bit uh, of a sting from a few weeks ago uh, when I was uh, pretty sure Gordon Hayward would be in Boston. However, this whole Paul George thing, which we're going to get into a little later in the show, uh, certainly... Uh, I think that really flew, uh, threw things off a, a substantial amount, that's for sure. Give me a percentage on uh, Gordon Hayward choosing the Celtics. I think it, it's hard to read, right? It's I, I, oh, I think God. it's almost Gavin, impossible. Me, I think it's almost impossible. Why do people want to put percentages on things? How do people know what Gordon Hayward's actually thinking? I think all three destinations have somewhat of an attraction. Um, and, well, if we and, knew what he was thinking, we could put a 100% percent right. Uh, so that's, but, that would I, make I mean, it not fun. But it's but it's not like we have an idea out of the camp because you're gonna hear everything that comes out in the media after every single day. Oh, we had a great time in Miami. The presentation was spectacular. Then I'll go to Boston today. Same and thing. Yep. Yeah, that, that's that's. I know. So, I didn't so, get into that too. It's you know, as soon as a player meets with said team, it is oh my goodness, you know, presentation oh, yeah. unbelievable. Source close to the meeting said that the, the the pitch was incredible. The Kevin Durant thing last year with the Clippers. If you I don't know if you recall. That you know Durant with the Clippers presentation, everyone in the meeting was in tears. It was unbelievable, and I think it was something <laughs> like 36 hours later. Yeah, Kevin Durant has uh, informed the Clippers that they are not amongst one of the top five teams. Uh, but sorry, I apologize for interrupting you. Uh, although I really don't have to apologize. That's what I do. That's my specialty on this show. But Kevin, <laughs> Gordon Hayward in Boston today. I mean, you, I'm sure you saw that little picture um, oh, a yeah. certain individual sent out on Twitter last night. I assume that was at Logan Airport. Um, but yeah, here it is. He is in Boston today for the meeting, and I think today, um, you know, who knows by the time anyone listens to the show, a lot of people listen to the show at the start of their work week, which for a lot of people this week isn't going to begin till Wednesday, so that'll be after until Gordon Hayward signs with the team. But uh, it's as we're recording this first thing in the morning Sunday, it's certainly going to change uh, a lot after this meeting. I think there's going to be a lot of momentum for the Celtics once this meeting does take place later today. I I, yeah, I agree with you. I I think they'll be able to. I mean, look, last year Durant spoke about this that he was he was very enamored with playing with Boston again. The 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 attraction of Golden State and a basically an automatic title 
uh, was too much. But he was impressed with what with, with what Boston had to offer. And I, I think the Celtics will go in there, you know, similarly telling Gordon like, okay, here's where you're gonna fit in. You know, they'll go back to those Cavs games in, in the in the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, uh, something that no, neither of those teams can also claim. Utah couldn't get past Golden State. Um, and, and there's no way they're getting past them any anytime soon. And uh, Miami didn't make the playoffs this year, so you look at the the fact that Boston can be like, okay, here's the tape of us playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. Here is us playing LeBron. Here's where you fit in. He remember, look at all these open shots that we missed against the Cavaliers in the NBA Finals. Instead of you know picturing Jay Crowder breaking three after three after three, picture yourself here and picture Isaiah over here. And, and you know, and, and Al Horford, uh, a guy that came in last year, uh, struggled a little bit at the start of the season, but fit in seamlessly by the end of the year. Picture you being that guy, a guy that fits our our our, our mold, that fits what we want to do on both ends of the floor. And you know, and, and who knows his strengths better than Brad? Brad's going to know what to do with Gordon better than anybody. I think when you when you look at uh, the the pitch they made to Durant last year, how apparently they they um, they unveiled their plan. For guarding Golden State, and something similar can be done here. I mean, I, I think the way that Boston's going to approach is to say, "Look, we have a 53-win roster right now as it stands. Okay, we're adding you to that roster. That puts us in a probably high 50s, maybe 60-win mark. None of these teams can claim that amount of wins just by adding you. So I think Boston's pitch will be attractive. What do you think? Giving okay, so you're not big on these predictions. I don't care. I'm going right at you with these predictions. Jeff Goodman was here on this show last week, and he said, you know, and, and this isn't the first time he said this. He's made this uh, uh, not just on, on these airways, but he's made it very publicly, publicly known that he's spoken to many players around the league. They're not fond with playing Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if that's going to be a potential leak if we get into uh, Gordon Hayward not signing with the Celtics, and I think that's how we're pretty much going to format the show. We're going to go both, you know, if he signs with Boston, if he doesn't sign with Boston. But what do you think could be some potential... Uh, predictions on a potential leak of why Gordon Hayward did not choose the Celtics. Um, I think part of it will be just because he likes Utah. Again, I think if if it comes down to it, I think Utah probably chooses the Miami, a forty-win non-playoff team. Uh, that see, that's the thing that's that like will the lure, sting. That's going to sting. Lure, yeah, that one's and that one I've been I've been thinking a lot a little bit more lately. Um, I, I, just the lure of the Riley, the the featured role in the offense. I mean, all that stuff. Um, but again, ro- Boston's roster is better, and that's like the appeal of Miami is it's a huge free agent destination, um, and you can and go play for Eric Spolstra and, and be on a playoff team. And, and, but I think just Boston's roster is better than theirs. I think that 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 the the connection with Stevens means something. I think that Danny Ainge. Um, has a, a little bit of a plan for how uh, how to make all these contracts work. I mean, we talked about this with Albert uh, Namid um, on one of our Celtics Roundtable podcasts uh, who writes for HeatHoops.com and is a terrific uh, NBA cap analyst about how difficult Boston's road would have been if they added Paul George and Gordon Hayward. Because a lot of people, you know, they saw that and said, oh, this is going to be great. But in reality, that's really hard to do and keep this team together under the CBA, like we talked about this, if if they were to be able to bring in Paul George and Gordon Hayward simultaneously, the year one is great, but year two you have to start saying bye to some people. And Isaiah Thomas could be you know a cap casualty. Marcus Smart, unfortunately, might be a cap casualty there. Um, they might have to get rid of one of the young guys in Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Um, but now that doesn't have to happen. Now they can bring in Hayward. 
you know, have him here for the year and then go from there and say, okay, well, you know, Avery Bradley's not going to be here anymore, but Isaiah Thomas is second-team All-NBA point guard, a guy that has the second-best scoring season in NBA uh, in uh, Celtics history. Um, that guy's going to be here for a while to help you with the scoring load. I think the fact that Isaiah is there might help their pitch because it's not all going to be on Hayward. It's going to be on some other guys to step up too. So, you know, when you look at Miami, they have Dragic. Sure, that's nice. Um, but Isaiah had a much better season than Dragic did. Uh, and, and I know Isaiah's got that injury right now, but it has to mean something. I think that the added star power of Isaiah is only is, is a benefit here, not a detractor. Yeah, if you don't want to play with Isaiah Thomas, I don't see how you want to play with Hassan Whiteside. I just, I don't know. Yeah. That's I, the I one really... I just, I just, I, as of now, I just don't get. There's going to have to be a lot of information that are, that is going to come out on it. I'm certainly there was going to will. We've also discussed Paul George. We're going to discuss Paul George. I would say uh, I don't want to call it ad nauseum, but for a pretty substantial portion of the show coming up, although I still do want to stick on this Hayward topic, is that something that could hurt the Celtics? Is that Paul George trade, which did not happen, could Hayward possibly have gone into this thinking, okay, you know, there's a good chance I'm going to be with Paul George because once they sign me that being Boston, if this is his train, th- uh, train of thought, once they sign me, they're then going to go out and trade Paul George, and I'm going to be on a team that's going to be pretty much, I would say, a dark horse title contender. There's no question about it. Is that something now that could hurt the Celtics, knowing that that uh, is pretty much off the table for Hayward, and it's going to be probably joining the Celtics and being on a roster as is, and of course, another name that came out late, 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 late last night, Evan. I don't know if you got this uh, here early in the morning on, on Sunday, that uh, Boston according to Adrian Wojnarowski, this name has certainly been attached to the Celtics about 10 million times the last year and a half. Danilo Gallinari from the Nuggets. Uh, is, but, but is that something that could, before we get into Gallo too, is that something that could hurt the Celts uh, with Hayward, knowing that there was a good you know chance that it was going to be Hayward and George, and now it's likely going to be Hayward and uh, status quo, or Hayward and plus Gallinari? I, I mean, you know, I, I would assume that Gordon Hayward's agent has probably warned him and say, like, look, you know, they might add Paul George, but they have to add you first. I mean, a lot of people that want to give the Celtics a lot of flack for that don't understand that Gordon Hayward is the first domino of this whole thing. So I would assume if the, if he has a smart agent, and I don't know who that is, uh, that he probably said, look, th- this isn't going to work unless you're there first. So um, don't, you know, don't put a lot of stock into that. Plus, you know, Danny Ainge is notorious for missing out on, on, on trades lately. So I would have – I mean, I, I think that there's definitely an attraction there. That, and George has always talked about playing with uh, – well, not always, but has mentioned playing um, with, with Hayward. But I, I think if you're looking into, oh, well, they promised me you know, that Paul George would be here, uh, I think that's a little far-fetched just because I think – at least I would hope that an NBA agent is smarter than that. To know that the NBA landscape is is forever changing, and that you don't control either side of those coins, you don't control what anybody else could offer Kevin Pritchard uh, out in the end. You don't, you can't control Danny Ainge saying, "No, that's enough. I'm not trading you anymore." Than this particular package. So, I mean, yeah, is it, does it stink a little bit? Does it hurt? I think Boston's chances of, of getting him, yeah, a little bit. I think that stings, but I don't think it's 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 a huge thing. How do you feel about Gallo, too? I don't know. Did you see that this morning? About yeah, I did. Things? I did. And Boston's I, been linked to Gallo oh, for a Oh, God, while. forever. At least two that, years. That, I said a year not, and a half. I think it's at least two. I mean, I think it's even more than that. that there's, there's an obvious attraction. The guy that's six foot, what, six foot nine, six foot ten that can shoot threes that well, especially in today's modern NBA. Again, be, he's your small ball four. Now it's not the best defensive lineup. He's your small ball four, but there it is. Bang, perfectly. Al Horford, you're playing center next year. I don't want to talk about that this show. Uh, but, yeah, he is your perfect small ball four. No question about it. 
Yeah, stretches the floor, makes life easier for Isaiah Thomas and or Gordon Hayward, depending what they want to do there, um, and, 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 and gives a lot of guys some lanes to the basket. Um, a really good knockdown three-point shooter, uh, shot 39% from three last year. Again, if he's wide open, he's a, he's just deadly uh, off the catch. Uh, can make some you know some stuff happen off the dribble, can attack closeouts. That's nice, really bad defensively. But the one thing about Gallinari, again, the, 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 the rebounding thing, he's not really an, a, an Horrible elite. rebounder. Not just not so, really in a way, he's a horrible rebounder. Yeah, so I, I – Be I honest give, on the show, Evan. I, I give him a little credit, but um, – you know, so he doesn't really help Boston in an area of drastic need, that rebounding area uh, that they, they need somebody to somewhat fill. Um, but he can score a lot, and you, you, you kind of envision him in, in, in a Brad Stevens run offense. You can see the attraction of him being um, uh, in Boston. The only thing that that also hurts me with, with Gallinari, and I think a lot of people have to talk about it, is his injury history. Yes. Uh, it was with the Knicks or with the Nuggets. He's always been a guy that's been hurt a little bit. And that has to matter. I mean, if, if Boston didn't even think about really even taking a meeting with Blake Griffin or or, was, or put that way on the back burner because, again, that injury history is something you have to bring up, Gallinari is well, going to Well, yeah, since he more. tore the ACL, I think, think he's missed. He, he tore the ACL. He didn't play one full season. I know that for a fact. Uh, I should be kicking myself. I don't have his basketball reference page open. But I do know he missed an entire season. And then you're right. Yeah, after that. Um, it's. I know he's always missed a substantial amount of time, pretty much every single, you know, every single year. And he's got to be north of thirty now, too, right? He's been in the league for pretty, uh, pretty long he's, time. He's surprisingly only twenty eight. Will turn twenty nine oh, in okay. August. Surprisingly, right. but this is a guy that's never played more than. Well, he played eighty one back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, but hasn't played more than seventy one games. It's you know pretty much the past. And that five was pre ACL too. I bet you that's yeah. seventy one because I know ever since the ACL, he's it's always been in the fifties. Yeah, fifty nine, fifty three, sixty three last season when the Nuggets. Pretty good by me. Pretty good by me. An appropriate plan B for Gordon Hayward. I mean, I guess if you're going to, I, and I, this is why this really stinks if you don't get Gordon Hayward because the drop off from Gordon Hayward to Gallinari is significant. Yeah, that's big. And I, I mean, uh, they're two actually sort of different dish players. Like I said, I think Gallinari would play mostly four. I mean, am I correct? Is that a correct assessment? Like I, that? I I agree with you. I, I he's you know for a three in Brad Stevens' offense, it's a little weird because I don't think he's quick enough. But as a four, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess to sort of wrap up. On Hayward, I was going to do a Celtics with and a Celtics without Gordon Hayward. A Celtics without Gordon Hayward would have been Gallinari. I can't. I, I couldn't imagine them missing out on that. Uh, a Celtics with Gordon Hayward. I think we, so we sort of know what the Celtics are without Gordon Hayward. We just saw that last year. Oh, and of course, Kelly Olenek, too. He's he's certainly more of the full. We've really yet to hear about him uh, in terms of him being the strict free agent. Celtics with Gordon Hayward. Where do you think that puts them in the Eastern Conference next year? I think it puts them... You know, with the with the Cavs again, the the with? the the yeah, the Cavs always had the LeBron card. And it's a big card. It's yeah, more it's than a just a card. card. That's four aces. But now, but now they have to again retool this roster and figure out how they want to bring certain guys back, trade certain guys off. It's hard to it's kind of hard to compare them because the Cavs landscape's a little murky right now too. Um, but I think Boston going into that series is going to be able to throw a bunch of different guys at LeBron in terms of defensively. And now not having Jay Crowder there, assuming um, if if that Gordon Hayward comes on, I, I'm not sure how they're going to make that work. Um, but they're going to have different guys to throw at LeBron. They're going to have uh, a, another 20-point scorer game uh, ending up in Boston. That's a good thing. Now, again, a, a guy that can hit jump shots. I, I, I do think that Boston had the right idea – 
going in against the, the Cavs. I mean, Kevin Durant said on Bill Simmons' podcast when they talked about their game plan, Golden State's game plan against Cleveland. They basically just duplicated Boston's. He said that, you know, if you go back and watch the tape, Boston figured out that if you ran a bunch of like tertiary and fourth, you know, uh, options in an offensive set, Cleveland couldn't get you know, keep up. There was a bunch of open shots to be had. So instead of having Jay Crowder shoot them, having Gordon Hayward shoot them is a big thing. Now, that being said, again, the, the, the LeBron thing is always hard to ignore. Kyrie Irving, who was fantastic um, in game four against the Celtics, uh, bringing that game back uh, from what seemed like the dead. Um, it had a ridiculous third quarter. I think he had, what, 24 points in that third quarter in that game? Um, you know, he's a guy that can always go off at any time. But if you're going if you're going against LeBron and Kyrie, having Isaiah and Hayward isn't a bad combo. Um, and having certain guys off the bench isn't, isn't bad either. So I think Boston had would have a much better shot. I think they could take him to seven, and that's kind of all you want. I, don't I wouldn't be a think they get to seven. I don't think they would get to seven. I mean, so? you, you don't think this – so you're basically telling me then that all of a sudden a 53-win team last year plus Gordon Hayward and likely minus Kelly Olenek catapults to a 60-win team and then is pretty much – I mean, that's that's what effectively Cleveland is too, by the way. I know they don't they, – yeah. they, they're low 50s, they don't care. they don't care. They're pretty much a 60-65-win to 65 win team. I don't – you really do see the Celtics being 60 yeah, I'll, wins Yeah, I'll homer it up. I'll be, I'll be the homer for a minute. Yeah, I do okay. because I think I think the way that – Good. Good play this you know, well, effectively. Well, they, they just – yeah, right. The, the, way, the way it works, I, I, I just think, you know – the way the brand can 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 design their game plan. I know LeBron's hard to game plan for, and he always is the you know he's the queen of the chessboard. Um, but but Brad is sort of the uh, Boston's trump card in any other series. Is they have a coach that's probably smarter than you, and he can and, and can find ways to attack you differently. Again, I I think if if you're going against LeBron and you have uh, a two different twenty point scores, you have Al Horford who had more assists in the playoffs than Kyrie Irving. Um, and you have maybe some jumps from some other guys. I mean, you have to also plan for internal development um, with hopefully with Marcus Moore, hopefully with Jalen Brown, um, and to see how Boston fills out the rest of their roster. So you're basically saying Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James, you know, versus the Boston version of the big three with Isaiah H- uh, Hayward and 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 Horford. Yeah, it's, it's not as good. No, it's not as good as theirs because they have LeBron, and that's it starts there. Um, but I think Boston's depth would be something that would maybe carry them over the top. You got to remember, um, you know, you go back to that that Golden State series, LeBron was spectacular in that series, but again, it was the bench that let them down. I don't, I don't see that how that couldn't be a, the same storyline here. Transitioning the show, I'm still going to push back the Paul George discussion, but just to let everyone know, today's edition of Celtics Beat is being brought to you by HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com and use code BEAT30. That is B-E-A-T-3-0. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service focusing on the whole experience, not just the final play. Name of the game in the 21st century and the tastiest of food. Get delicious, ready-to-make meals for less than $10 per meal and save some dough while at it. $30 on your first order. And best of all, support Celtics Beat and CLNS Media by using code BEAT30. That's HelloFresh.com and code BEAT30. As I said, pushing it to the main event. Now I'm going to go to some uh, dribs and drabs here. There was actually a little bit of a news on the Celtics front yesterday. Uh, quite a bit of news. First off, Jared Weiss uh, was covering Celtics practice yesterday as all the players are going out for Summer League. First game tomorrow, July 3rd. Out there, CLNS Media will be live on the scene. Post-game analysis on the court. Locker room videos. It's all on the YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. Along with yourself, Evan. 
with Celtic yeah. Roundtable, which we'll, we're there. We'll, yeah, we'll exactly, exactly. And of course, yesterday's practice, all, all those videos, press conferences, they are up again. Definitely give that a subscribe. YouTube.com slash CLNS Media. Some news definitely to get to yesterday. Ante Zizic and Jason Tatum were both signed. That basically means, too, that they cannot be traded until I think the date is like December 15th, December 14th. One of those dates, don't hold it to my, uh, you know, don't hold a gun on my head. Although they cannot be traded now until mid December. Uh, also signed, uh, I believe it was a first year, two year contract with a first year guaranteed, a forward from Germany. Dan, help me with a name, Daniel. I think, it's, that- I think it's I think it's like Tease. I, I I'm not sure. Okay. If I'm, I'm, again, do you know I, I anything really about know. him? Because I guess that's an answer is no, since we both of us can't pronounce his name. The the, the only thing I've seen is him blocking Zizic's shot like three times. That's it. That's the <laughs> only clip I've seen of him. So I mean, cool. I mean, again, Boston needs rebounding and shot blocking, and it seems like that guy might be able to you know give him that. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't wouldn't hold out hope. For I that, know. But, I was yeah. hoping too. I know Zizic is everything. Oh, he's going to come in. He's the Celtics' big guy. That's what they need. He's still effectively a rookie, and they're not going to have a veteran big. I mean, that's that. I, we were talking about Plan B being Gallinari. My always Plan B, of course, being and if, you know we'll see. There's usually a little movement in the trade market uh, around the second or third week in July, especially when a lot of those GMs go out to summer league. They they meet them on a face to face basis. Free agency, the first wave is pretty much already taking place. So there is a Plan B. I, I mean, I I do hope. I mean, is there still like a chance the Celtics could add a veteran rebounder? That's, I assume it's probably a no now. Is that correct? Is it going to be now all in with Zizic being the the, you know the guy to really to rectify the the issues on rebounding. Yeah, I I, I kind of see that, yeah that as the path. And that, doesn't that sound scary though? That sounds like you know you're gonna basically put all your rebounding problems on a, a 20 year old who hasn't seen a minute of NBA action yet. That's a little that's a little frightening. I, I mean a lot of, I know a lot of people are excited for him. I'm I, oh I, I anticipate I too, him and but, I certainly can't wait to see him in summer league. I yeah, I do too. I just wouldn't. I wouldn't expect a ton out of him as his first year in the league. I think he's he has a very defined role right now, and how effective he's going to be at that is, is yet to be seen. But um, it, that would be again. This is the sort of the thing about Gordon Hayward. Like if they don't get him, wow. <laughs> I mean, it's just the options are are few and far between. I mean, if you're going to go the free agency route. Um, that's tricky because there's nobody nearly the caliber of Gordon Hayward. Well, free agency is already dried up. I mean, yeah, it's, it's done. It's, it's not. I mean, it's it is Gordon Hayward and Boss, or Boss, as we know. I mean, the, the the veteran rebounder name that's always thrown around is is Kenneth Fareed, but I just don't see that he makes two. I mean, we've been discussing this now on this show for almost two years. Just makes. He's on. Uh, what's he on the books for? At least got to be at least twelve million. I know it's a longer contract, but I don't. I mean, I don't actually. I mean, have you thought? I mean that that you know that's what's really amazed me, Evan. Is as I've you know I've I've looked through you know various outlets for you know Celtics communities, be it Reddit forums or even Celtics blog or, or whatnot. It's all Gordon Hayward. There is no okay. Well, if they don't sign Gordon Hayward, here's also what the Celtics could do. It's not, not only have it doesn't even. I want to certainly the front office that isn't the case, but. It seems like fans or anyone who with an emotional investment into the team, and I would say that certainly includes the both of us, have given it yeah. any train of thought of what the Celtics' plan B would be. We saw Gallinari last night, but like, I mean, potential trade targets, as I mentioned, the second, third week of July, there's usually a few players that are moved around uh, in that point. Like you know, that's when David Lee, uh, I believe, was acquired by the Celtics uh, a few years ago. Mm. If we could, that's still could, that's still a sore spot. Man. I know. If we could bring that one up, but I mean, have you given like any thought of potential? We we, we somewhat talked about this on Roundtable a little bit about what Boston should do after if they don't get you know Hayward. The the, the obvious fallback plan was Griffin. That's obviously off the table. He's back in L.A. 
and, and you know, you look at the, some of the other free agent options, and none of them are really sexy. Um, there's a bunch of restricted guys like Jamichael Green um, of the Memphis Grizzlies. Someone too who who was uh, drawn interest from the Celtics last trade deadline. I believe. I like him a lot. He again, the restricted free agency part of his uh, deal right now is not fun because you got uh, Memphis can always match and bring him back. But that's a guy that can that's really skilled. Um, give Boston a little bit of toughness. Um, you know, for I mean, he is. Uh, a decent score off the bench, but I mean, if you, you start adding some of those guys up, and it's like, well, I mean, now you're just talking pieces here. They're not talking nearly uh, anybody, nearly the quality of Hayward. So that the give as you add, I I mentioned this on, on one of our shows about adding up smaller pieces to maybe get to that point. But I mean, why do that? Why why string your cap up for that long if you're not gonna you know gonna get the home run there? So I I, I would assume there'd be a trade coming up afterwards. Um, maybe even a significant one just to, just to add something to Boston's core right now because you look at the, you know their roster and you just be like well didn't really get any better you know Isaiah Thomas is hurt coming off a, a hip injury they're you know again they're a 53 win team as the way they're constituted right now um they could easily not be as good if Isaiah's got a real problem and they're not going to have him maybe to start the year I mean I, I I don't know this Isaiah Thomas you know hip injury Throws everything into flux a little bit, especially if they don't get Hayward. Because they it's look at just Boston's like the Garnett roster. injury almost was it yeah. five years ago now. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, point. well, where does the scoring come from? If Isaiah's not going to, you know, be the be there to start the year, they miss out on Hayward. What, where do the where does the scoring come from? Because they the, the, the Isaiah's scoring load is unbelievable. So uh, I, I, Boston's off, you know off season outlook if they miss out on Hayward is very very grim. It's not going to come from Paul George. Brief note before we do, I do want to mention, of course, we are relaunching as CLNS Media this summer entirely. Almost all of our our pages are directed to CLNS Media, yourselves included, over on the YouTube channel, Celtics Roundtable, youtube.com slash CLNS Media. But the official relaunch of CLNS Media will take place this summer. And we are hiring here at the network both audio and video production, graphic design, staff writing, social media, and broadcast journalism. We are taking on all comers with all forms of educational experience both in and out of the field. And we are doing so using Zip Recruiter where we get all of our candidates in one place with just one click. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan to try it for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash sportsfan. Okay, there's now no more qualms about it. No more times to push off Paul George. Uh, first thing in the morning that I did this morning, um, Evan, was I listened to the Game Theory podcast, Sam Bassini's show that he did with Dieter Kurtenback, and uh, it did take on a little bit of a of a debate show. Of course, this not being corporate media and this actually being an authentic, you know, source of legitimate journalism. It was not WWF style, you know, uh, you know, take shows where it's okay. You take this extreme side and you take that extreme side. Uh, Sam and Dieter are very astute and knowledgeable and connected in the NBA uh, realms, and I strongly suggest all listeners to listen to the, to that show, Game Theory, on the CLNS Media mobile app. And Dieter went really hard at Danny Ainge for not putting forth a good offer for Paul George, seemingly, of course, considering that Paul George was ended up trading, being traded for, that being Victor Oladipo and uh, Sabonis's kid there down uh, in Oklahoma City being sent to Indiana. What's his first name again? I can't remember. Uh, DeMontis? Yeah. DeMontis Sabonis? Yeah, I know it's his son played at Gonzaga. Uh, And Dieter, man, went hard at Danny Ainge. I mean, I'll quickly state this. I just think that Celtics... Once again, got screwed with free agency being last. I've heard Austin Ainge and Mike Zarin, they've told me on countless occasions how they wish that free agency was the first thing. And then you have the draft, and then you have trades. 
free agency has pretty much held them hostage. They really couldn't put forth a real good offer for Paul George until they really saw what happened with Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, I don't want to say, oh, geez, poor Danny Ainge, but uh, yeah, man, what are your takes on Paul George? I know you talked about a lot about it on a roundtable, but you're going to take yeah, the floor here on Celtics beat. It's just it, there's a, there's uh, an order of operations to this thing to make it work under the salary cap restrictions that Boston's currently under. Boston can't trade for Paul George until Gordon Hayward is is on the team. So anybody that wants to or, rip or Danny Ainge off the team, yeah, right. Before yeah, well yeah, exactly. So anybody that wants to rip Danny Ainge has to at least acknowledge the fact that Boston couldn't trade for him until they had an answer from Gordon Hayward, and this trade. Uh, from from the the Thunder to the the, the Pacers reeks of uh, a guy. Well, it just reeks. It reeks of a guy in Pritchard grabbing a, a home quote unquote hometown kid in Oladipo to sell more tickets. That's all that's that says to me. I it, it, I don't understand how Pritchard sat there behind his desk or whatever and said, "Yeah, this is the best offer I'm going to get." How do you sit there and say that when free agency hasn't even started yet? I just don't understand how that's a, a, a thought that goes through your mind. I think it's a good thing. How do you how do you sit there and say, well, nobody's going to get desperate at some point during the season, or somebody, nobody's going to get desperate after missing out? Like how how desperate would you be as Danny Ainge if you missed out on Gordon Hayward and you're looking to improve your roster? How desperate would you get to go at a guy of Paul George's caliber? I think you would be. I think teams that miss like Miami, you never know what Miami would do if they missed out on Gordon Hayward. There would be options for you. After the Gordon Hayward meetings, for somebody to come to you and say, "Okay, look, we missed out. We need to have Paul George on our roster. Here's my final offer." Blah 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 blah, and here we're done. But no, I I I just don't understand the because the, that trade, the trade for Sabonis and the trade for um, Oladipo is going to be there after free agency is over. You can get that almost at any point during the season. I just don't understand why making that deal now was the best interest of the Indiana Pacers. And I think a lot of Pacers fans feel the same way. I mean, if you're going to sit there and offer your best trade piece up for, for grabs, the best you can really get is Victor Oladipo, who you probably can't move right now. I mean, think about the contract. Oh, that's terrible. Can't really move him. $21 million dollars a year. It's ridiculous. You have him, and then you have Sabonis, who's a nice young piece, but you don't know what you really have. In the meanwhile, you could have had a Jay Crowder, who's on a great contract, a good 3 and D player, a 40% three-point shooter last year. Avery Bradley, who's one of the best, if not the best, guard defender in the league, uh, just missed out on all NBA teams, and you know what the league felt about that in terms of players that matter. C.J. McCollum, Damian Lillard, for just just a couple of out to throw some out there. Um, you'd have two known commodities on decent contracts. You don't think anybody would come to you in the middle of the season, some contender, like maybe the Houston and Rockets and say, you know, we don't have Pat Beverly anymore. We need a guy that can defend Steph Curry. Here's what we'll offer for Avery Bradley. Or Jay Crowder, who's on an excellent contract. Somebody's going to come in and offer stuff for him, too. It's not just getting those players in because you can easily sell them off. I just don't understand the point of trading Paul George away before other teams had a chance to even offer their rebuttal. It just didn't make sense to me. It didn't add up. Well, that certainly got you awake on this uh, Sunday morning, was bringing that up. Not sure if you did catch Sam on the Game Theory Podcast. Sam, of course, very well-connected in basketball and all NBA circles, mentioned that from the people that he talked to was, you know, Kevin Pritchard, pretty much this is effectively his real first real move as running the Indiana Pacers, was just, you know, he was just too impatient, and he wanted to make a move right now, of course, just to say, okay, you know, just it's sadly this is the worst explanation to give, but this is what a lot of people in and around in NBA circles told Sam 
was that he wanted to make a move right away to sort of headline everything because, of course, once free agency begins, I don't want to say that it's just, you know, it goes right down to the bottom of the ticker, but when you do it prior to free agency, it is a headline move, and it does bring, of course, notoriety to the organization. And then, of course, there is the added fact that, of course, it's like, okay, we move on from Paul George now before free agency, and then we can see what we do in free agency. But, of course, that can easily be countered by who the heck is going to sign with Indiana once you do trade Paul George. I don't think the Pacers really have to care too much about free agency. And and at that point, their primary purpose should be maximizing the eventual return value that they do get for Paul George. But, of course, as we know, that does make too much sense. Yeah. Sam Sheen had had a really good point about this on Twitter uh, the other day about how, you know, the the, the part of the rumors were Pritchard was afraid to trade Paul George to an Eastern Conference team. What do you care? You're not even trying to be good right now. I mean, you're trying to lose tra- actually, so it's better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who so what does it matter? You're going to you're going to you're going to trade him out west or versus trading him out east because you don't want to trade him on an Eastern Conference team. What do you care? You're not you're not going to contend anyway. What's the point? So I I just it just it frustrated me because I felt like as a GM, I could have made a better decision. I just don't understand like, because you had a yeah. Look, they didn't have any leverage at all, really, anyway. But there was a little bit of leverage with some other teams, maybe bidding against themselves. You know, I was I, I always thought some of the some of the, the the speculation could be just from from you know all these offers that you heard were, were flooding into Indiana's office. Apparently, some of that was you know just made up to see if if the Lakers would bite on giving up Brandon Ingram at, at any point. But you know, the, the rumored deal um, you talked about. Uh, you know Jeff Goodman. I think he he threw he out was there Jeff was like, Goodman. I was going to bring that up. Yep, like three first round picks plus Avery Bradley and Jay Crowder. Uh, I, I, that's five pieces for one versus the two that you got from Oklahoma City. I mean, I feel like there were much better offers out there to be had. I, it, it, it doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever. I mean, think about this logically. It, it, it just doesn't. If you're if you have somebody, it's it, at least it, it it's in your best interest to at least find the best offer possible, not just to find an offer that you think is going to sell tickets because Oladipo played, what, two years in Indiana? No Tatum, no Nets pick, no Jalen Brown, no Lakers slash Kings pick that they just picked up from Philadelphia. I don't know if it makes you or any other Celtics fan feel any better, but when I've been talking to Quinn Buckner, the Pacers color commentator, former world champion, uh, member of the Celtics back in 1984, uh, he's been on you know various pregame shows. In fact, he's been on, on Celtics beat o- over the years many times. I tell you, man, he gives Tommy a run for his money in, t- in terms of homerism for color commentators. He's been fairly lukewarm on Paul George since his injury, so I should br- briefly bring that up to make anybody else feel any better enough. And, I, and George did kind of have a down ish year. I mean, he's never really been the Paul George prior to the uh, Olympic injury that he had, and or that, excuse me, the men's national injury uh, that he had in the summer of 2014. To make you feel, Bunny, any, uh, you or anyone else feel any better? Yes, of course. But he would have been a premier and almost a perfect addition to the to the team next year, especially considering what they could and would have got him for had the Pacers waited. I mean, God forbid, what six days? I mean, if they just literally waited a week. Uh, there would have been. I, I mean, I think it's safely to say you can safe to say there's no question the Celtics uh, would have attacked that. I know there's going to be a lot of information that'll come out from various personalities now, not just of course to Jeff Goodman uh, who was on the show last week uh, reporting what the Celtics initial offer was, but just the whole mindset that Indiana had. Of course, we need to wait for a good couple weeks. Uh, wait for everything to settle down. Wait for Pritchard himself to give some uh, legitimate answers, which uh, he has yet to have done already. That should. Have, this is a sort of a good way to kind of wrap up the show. You know, if the Celtics, you know, as they do now, uh, as they 
kind of explored ish the trade market with Butler and George, and I say ish because you know they really weren't all in in on that. Gallinari is going to be the Celtics' plan B if they don't uh, sign Gordon Hayward over these next I don't know what is it forty eight hours or so, July fourth. Of course, that's when Kevin Durant broke his news last year. Was July fourth um, very special day. Uh, you know, I, I, if this is a good way to finish, and it's once again it puts, it puts, it puts you on the spot here, Evan. If the Celtics do have to move one of these players to fit in another uh, a swing player, it would be it say someone at a shooting guard or, or put someone at small forward. Who would it be? Both of them are on really good contracts. Of course, Avery Bradley that was a free agent after this upcoming season. The Celtics have to move one, and you have a preference: Avery Bradley or Jay Crowder. And that's with all things in considerations, contracts included. I mean, I think the, the the easier one to move is going to be Jay Crowder, uh, because that he has that you know a little bit longer deal on his contract, a little more affordable. Um, and I just think Boston, re- I think Danny really loves Avery Bradley. I I I really believe there's a connection there. But uh, Danny saw something in him when he was a 19 year old kid coming out of Texas. Um, oh, it was before that. Him. Austin's been on this show talking how they've been scouting him since they loved him since junior year high school when he was I think the number two prospect in Columbia. yeah some people had him in yeah, either number two number one over John Wall that was a ridiculously stacked class when you think about it um, but you have there's a lot of there's a lot of and this is one of the bigger reasons why people have had a really hard time saying no um, to to uh, or saying you know yes to this trade because at some point you know if you add Paul George and, and, and Gordon Hayward obviously uh, brothers a cap casualty of that and you see a lot of people come out past couple of days, Celtics personalities, fans, whatever, and say, man, I'm really going to miss that Avery Bradley guy. Um, th- this this would allow you to at least have one more year with him and see what, and see what you get because a- Avery's a guy who's gotten better at something every single year. He's you know, o- he's always been a very good defender, but you know this year the three-point shot was really nice. The added rebounding was great. He was much better uh, with the ball in his hands. He's a little bit better passer, um, a much more reliable uh, a part, uh, offensive player. And I think that Boston puts a lot of value in guys getting a lot better. And you can't say the same for Jay Crowder. He became a much better three-point shooter, yes. But he didn't attack the rim as much as he did. Uh, defensively, I thought he was a little bit slower this year. Um, so there's some give and take there. I think Boston would have an easier time moving Jay. I think they would they would, they oh, would prefer to, I mean, prefer to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so that. appealing around the league. Yeah. And, and I, again, the love and affection they have for Avery Bradley, you factor all those things in, I think there's an easy answer of Avery versus Jay, and Avery always wins. Evan Valenti, host of Celtics Roundtable, youtube.com slash clnsmedia, youtube.com slash clnsmedia. Follow the man on Twitter at his namesake, at Evan Valenti. Thanks so much for doing this on this very early Sunday morning here. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not on the eve of 4th of July. We're not there quite yet, but thanks so much for joining us, Evan. Not a problem, man. Thanks for having me. On episode number 216 of Celtics Beat, music was provided by Chuck Dietz and Steph Grateau. For staff writer Eddie Santiago, graphic designer Scott Dillon, founder of the network Nick Gelso. For myself, I am the executive producer of the network. This is LHR signing off.